Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Business of Purpose podcast. I am here with our special guest, Simone W. Johnson-Smith. Welcome, Simone. How are you? Thank you, Adina. It's a pleasure to join you today. I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. I am really looking forward to this conversation, as always, but um, especially we had a little teaser. You generously had me on your podcast and um, now I get to finally ask you all the questions I was dying to ask you when we spoke before. So yeah, thanks for making the time and please go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell folks a little bit about who you are. Okay. All right. So my name is Simone W. Johnston Smith. I am a working mom and I work in the international affairs space now for more than 10 years by day and I like to say by night and by weekends, I'm a podcaster. I I have a podcast called The Immigrant Experience in America where I amplify and humanize the experiences of immigrants in the United States and around the world. Basically, we're building a human library of immigrant stories to empower, encourage and uplift uh, people who have left their birth country and are living in an adopted country overseas and which can come with so many challenges and uh, and many successes so we are endeavoring to share these stories of success to um, amplify them and also to encourage others on their journey it's so wonderful you're doing it we really need more of these stories out there and there's so much negative stuff in the news and hate toward the immigrant community that the more positive light we can shine um, the better. So I'm very grateful for your work in that area. And uh, maybe we can start off just talking a little bit about how you started, um, you know, your journey to the U.S. and, and, you know, your, your path and your career. Okay. Um, So I'm originally from Jamaica. I got here right out of high school, right? I graduated and I left a few months after that and um, kind of quietly left. Actually, I didn't tell a lot lot of my friends. I just connected with them afterwards and, and, uh, you know, had a interesting transition. I just remembered just, I literally cried during the first winter because I was like, what is this? My brother and I would just joke about what we were going to do, starting a Jamaican restaurant. Mm -hmm. And we were so excited. I was excited because, you know, of course, growing up on a tropical island, there's a lot of critters and I don't like lizards. I have to (laughs) spoil them. And as young as I was at that age, I was excited to leave the lizards. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) That was one of my... I can't wait to leave these lizards and being another environment where I don't have to see them and be so afraid of them all the time. So (laughs) that was one of the big big highlights of my early years of dreaming to first time leaving the uh, island and um, adjusting to life in the U.S and figuring out like my bringing my high school transcripts and figuring out okay what transfers what what you know what transferred I remember doing the um uh pre-sats in high school actually but you know the funny thing about it I didn't even realize that I could use that you know because <laughs> when you come as an immigrant 
you just yeah. you're trying to figure this new environment, this larger environment, the culture and how people communicate and mm-hmm. trying to get settled. And I had all those scores and it was like years later that I was like, Simone, why didn't you kind of like tap into your score to get right into college? I I I missed the boat on that one. Um, so I started taking, you know, one and two credits here and there until I had enough to apply to a four-year college and uh, got into my undergrad and I studied Spanish and international business. Then uh, heard about a fellowship and uh, applied and went to American University for my master's where I did international affairs and um, which led me into Department of State after that. And, um, you know, that has been my journey. I mean, some people say, Simone, you've accomplished so much, so much during the short time you've been here. But, you know, um, I was just always so driven and focused. And I think I got my mom's spirit. Um, I've told the story of the fact that her father tragically passed away in a car accident when she was young Mm -hmm. and she was the oldest child so she had to drop out of school she was doing very well you know it's a very rigorous system to get into the high schools over there and she was doing well so she had to drop out and go work to take care of her other 11 siblings because her mom had 12 children wow and um you know and and they were i would i wouldn't say they were considered poor at all because they have so much acres of property uh, mm-hmm. Her father was able to, you know, provide and so forth as a main breadwinner. My, my grandmother stayed at home. And even though they had 12 children, I think they were fairly um, middle class family, lots of land, lots of fruit, as is typical on the island. People have land, they farm, they provide their own food. I mean, subsistence living, lots of fruits everywhere. And only certain things you'll need to buy at the store. So they were fine. But Mm -hmm. I think when the breadwinner passes and no longer is present, they need income. And so my mom was the one who had to do that. And so hence, I felt like I was kind of born with that spirit to kind of finish what she started. Mm -hmm. And um, I just studied, studied, studied. And and so here we are today. I, I did my time with Department of State, served in Mexico City did a Cuba tour, um, a Caribbean migration issues tour, and uh, did a tour with uh, um, law enforcement and narcotics working, traveling back and forth to Accra, Ghana. And uh, mm. today I work with the, um, in the refugee affairs uh, space and mm-hmm. I find it to be very fulfilling work. It is such an incredible story, all all that you have done um, and how you were able to navigate this career space that's very difficult to get into, even for Americans who are born here. Um, so maybe we could backtrack a little bit. Like, how did you go from, you know, just getting into the four-year college to figuring out this career that you wanted to go into in the international space? Right, right, right. So, you know, I, that was not really where I saw my life. You know, I remember being in high school and my principal asked me what career I wanted to take on. And I, and my response was that I wanted to be an air hostess, a stewardess. Mm. And at the time in high school, that was, you know, I thought that was cool. I could travel, you know, um, go to different places. It seemed exciting. And he chuckled. He wasn't really pleased with that response. And so, after getting that kind of having that response from him, it really had me thinking like, oh my gosh, I need to rethink 
like what you know what <laughs> that I'm going to be doing with my life and so but then when I got to the U.S. I just found that I had a very natural ability for languages I started off studying Spanish in seventh grade in high school in Jamaica and then by eighth grade I did well that I was I, I started doing French so I studied both Spanish and French from um, onward from eighth grade in high school all the way up to my junior year in my undergrad. Mm. And the only reason I stopped French was I felt like it would have taken me a little bit longer to graduate, right? But I did both mm-hmm. at the same time with international business. I was a triple major in undergrad. Up until my junior year, I decided to just complete my Spanish degree and my business degree. And um, I never really finished French, but I've, you know, kept up as best as I could, I could with, um, you know, whatever I had input, you know, added to my memory at the time. Um, so I did that. And then a friend mentioned that she got a fellowship to uh, go towards her master's program and which uh, then would follow up with some time agreeing to serve some time with the Department of State. And so I was happy to learn of the opportunity. I followed up and uh, applied to the application. And, you know, just right at the last minute, because I found out, you know, pretty close to the end and I ended up having to FedEx my application to make sure it made the deadline. I made the deadline, I made the finalist list, the list. It was of 600 applicants, they ended up choosing 20 people right wow I was and I was one of the 20 and so I felt like that was just my path um I went in to do the interviews and I was one of those 20 people out of the 600 folks that they chose and I did my master's at American went into state I I the agreement was just to serve for three years to give us the exposure Mm -hmm. and I ended up doing um I think five or six years and then transitioned into something else because the traveling was just um it was difficult to just constantly be gone from family and I missed out on so much and so yeah I'm I'm primarily uh living and working domestically today Mm. yeah and when you um started the language studies that led you to all this it sounds like at that time were you thinking oh if I learn these languages I could you know be a diplomat or have this career in the international affairs space or was it just I'm interested in languages and let's just see where this goes right I just loved studying languages yeah from seventh grade I mean I started it in my um Spanish is everybody gets the opportunity to take Spanish or whatever language from high school and so mm-hmm. I just fell in love with it from the first time and it came naturally I had the energy and the desire to constantly study and to master it and uh, I just stuck with it because it just came easy for me. And then as I got older, I just realized just really being um, in love with international affairs and constantly wanting to know, wanting to meet people from different countries, bring them home to meet my family. You know, my college friends would come home for Thanksgiving or Christmas dinners. Mm-hmm. Our family was just that, you know, my dad yeah. had a family large family, 11 siblings, lots of cousins. So we just brought our friends from anywhere, come and share our family gatherings together. Um, we just always had an open door to our uh, college friends and other friends to come and join us. And we still do that today. Just My grandmother was like that and it's just continued from Jamaica 
here. We've always had open doors to um, people in our community and our friends. And um, I think perhaps maybe that was part of just, I don't know, it, it just, I just kind of followed my energy, you know, um, and what yeah. I liked and what came easy for me and languages was one and my interest in international affairs. And it just kind of led me the things that I wasn't really like consciously choosing, you know, I just followed exactly. what I was interested in. Right. That That's why I love your story. I wanted to share it with our audience because it's such an example of, you know, just following what you're passionate about and what's pulling you and in, in whatever direction it is and seeing where that goes. And I think, you know, I hear a lot of people um, say, you know, who might be from the immigrant community, well, maybe we don't have the luxury to do that, right? Like we don't have that privilege. And I, I'd love to get your thoughts on that because, you know, it's not like you or this person handed everything born here with all the network and connections in the U.S. government, right? Like you, you immigrated here, you figured out as you went. So what would you say to people who are kind of with that mindset of like, I don't get to follow, you know, what interests me. Like I have to just, you know, take whatever job I can and not really giving themselves that permission. Right. Right. No, I get that. And I completely, I interestingly had a conversation with one of my guests from Zimbabwe on the podcast and, um, she she put words to something I was always thinking about, you know, as and I've always said as immigrants for me, for me, I've always said I'm a practical person. I do what's practical. I do what's, you know, what's needed. And so as immigrants, when you come in, the practical is you do what makes money. You do what brings in the income to right. provide for the family so you can take your home and your immediate basic needs. And I get that. Right. And so for me. Um, I'm not quite sure when, when people say, okay, I don't have the privilege. Do you know, I was in school every summer while some of my friends and my cousins were off being into pop culture, having fun. I was, I studied the fall semester, right? Spring semester. Then I was out during the summer. I was taking extra credit classes during the summer. Right. Wow. So I, I didn't waste time. So that was part of my pragmatic immigrant mentality. I was just seeking after how to understand this culture. What did I need to do? I would literally approach my instructors to say, OK, I'm at a B plus. What do I need to do to get an A? I, I was that type of student. And I think yeah. there's so many um, distractions in our culture, pop culture, social media. I think we have to really just be wise about how we use our time. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I understand children who are born here that, you know, they grapple with staying focused. But I think when you are raised in a different environment, such as the one here in the United States, your eyes are probably exposed to levels of poverty or people who are less fortunate than you. And so it kind of brings perspective about what the blessings that you have in front of you are. And so mm -hmm. I think perhaps I have that sort of mentality and awareness yeah. of being here in the United States. I see my dad get up and he works six days a week. He has a, he has a mechanic business and he gets up an auto mechanic business and he's at the shop all the time, fixing people's cars, 
working mm-hmm. six days a week. Um, he was like that in Jamaica. He had a security business. That, and I think, I guess, our family was fairly middle class in Jamaica. You know, I wouldn't consider it. We weren't poor. Uh, we had a mm-hmm. huge family. Everybody was working. We shared. We took care of each other. Um, we had lots of land and, and so forth like that. So I... I get that, but I understand for people who might not, who might feel like they don't have the resources, you just have to really like determine to use your time wisely. I went to the library. This was before the days when we didn't have cell phones. I didn't, I didn't have a cell phone when I got here in '98, uh, right? I went to the library. There's a book there that has a list of scholarship. I was going through those books. Mm-hmm. I applied for scholarships every summer. I remember mm-hmm. there's a program called the Black MBA program. Um, they had the Rotary Club scholarship, the Fulbright. I was constantly on a search to find different scholarships that I could apply to because I worked as well. During undergrad, I would study. I went to the I was a bank teller all of my mm-hmm. time during college. And I would finish my classes, jump in my car, thank thankful to my dad for helping me have a car at that time I had a mm-hmm. Ford Escort a little Ford Escort jump in my <laughs> car right I was a resident assistant so that helped me pay for my housing I finished my yeah. classes I had a few scholarships but I had to take out some loans to finish pay off that plus I was working to then pay my car loan right so I jump in my car I ran to my bank job I put in anywhere from three to uh, four or five hours, close the branch, the, the drive-through um, teller window at six o'clock. I go back to college, to the campus. I get something to eat. I eat and I'm in the library studying. They, my wow. friends will tell you and they will attest to this. I wasn't at any drunken party. I had no time. I had no time because I realized that I was here. I needed to figure out this culture. I needed to um, get to a place. I just had, I had a natural drive to learn. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I just, for some reason, maybe I had that maturity to recognize that I needed to use my time wisely. And, um, you know, because I see my parents working hard, mom, dad, my aunts, other people in my family, just on the grind to try and provide for us. And so I was motivated to do better, right? To Mm -hmm. put myself Mm -hmm. in a better place. I would constantly think in my head, I want to make my family proud. I want to make my parents proud. And so I was just driven to do better and to take the opportunity that I had here. Um, I was at the library doing whatever, asking questions, whatever I needed to do to get information or better understanding of what I needed to do to move forward. And so I think we just have, as young people or others who are trying to figure it out, there is no shame in um, recognizing that you are at a place that perhaps you don't necessarily want to remain, but know that you have to put the work in. You have yeah. to see, you have to seek knowledge. Knowledge is, you know, they say there's a term out there, knowledge is power, but I would add something. Applied knowledge is power. So you can read and gain information, but if you take no action, you will get nowhere. And so you have to constantly get up, you go take the class that you need to, you do extra credit, whatever you need to, you do put in the applications to get scholarships. I constantly was on that. And so I felt like it fast tracked my life and my 
accomplishments, my exposure, and um, you know, and it kept me out of trouble. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was just constantly like seeking, reading. Not, I hung out with my family. You know, though mm -hmm. they were my saving grace and community, I, and that was safe for me. But any time that I had, I was seeking. I remember when I bought my first laptop, I started working at Walt Kmart, my first job. So um, in the first few first year or so, I worked at Kmart. And then when I went off to my undergrad, I was a bank teller. So I worked all through college. Yeah. Yeah. So these I really, some, yeah. Yeah. These are some of the things that you need to do, the sacrifices that you have to make to then prepare you for something better in life. It doesn't just drop out of the sky. You have totally. to put the effort in. And um, and not to say that I didn't have challenges or setbacks. There were scholarships that I applied for. I remember applying to the Rotary Scholarship several times and I didn't get it. And so, but I just mm -hmm. kept going. And then the Pickering Fellowship worked out and it completely changed my world, you know? Yeah, I so appreciate you sharing that in detail because I think it's a lot, it's very easy for folks to just say, you know, look at her, look at him, look at them. They, you know, she got to study Spanish and French, and then she just got this international affairs job. But you just detailed how much sacrifice went into that, how you were working the whole time, the hustle. Um, and what I'm hearing, too, is a lot of the advantages I see that immigrants have that they bring to this country of knowing what it takes, knowing you know, how to work hard. And, um, I, I credit that, you know, as a third generation down, you know, that, that has carried with me too. And, and how I've worked hard is from my family, it's immigrant experience too. And it's, it's something that immigrants, as we all know, add so much to this country, right. That drive. Um, so I really, really appreciate you sharing that. And I'd love to ask you next a little bit more about just any other advice you would want to share, for folks who are trying to figure out their career path and want to find something that they are passionate about, like what you found, um, but have to, you know, go through that struggle to get there. Okay. Okay. Um, so, you know, it, it can be quite daunting trying to decode, as I like to say, the United States, the culture and so forth. But, you know, this, I think that there is such a wealth of information available. There's, we have the internet, there's social media. People are giving away so much information online these days that I didn't even have when I first arrived. Yeah. So I just think you have to get focused on really what you want and just be, just know that everybody is competing for your attention. So then you have to be even wiser in where you put your awareness where you put your energy we have very limited energy right we don't have unlimited energy so you have to be smart about where you put the energy that you currently have because we need rest we need to eat well we need to exercise in order to function and to stay healthy so for the rest of the time that are awake hours just be very strategic about how you're using your time to acquire the knowledge and then apply that knowledge that you're that you're getting to then take action to move you to another place and it you know it doesn't always work out you know um you will fail sometimes but there's always a lesson in everything that you know every failure that you have sometimes we don't slow down enough i think 
to reflect and um, just really look back on the good and the bad to see, okay, what did I learn from this experience, from this opportunity that I just have? And just constantly looking to learn and to get better for the next stage of life. Because for me, I'm a really, um, I'm a believer that nothing in life is wasted. You know, mm -hmm. if you don't use it today, I really do, uh, I'm a very spiritual person and I really do believe that life will bring it back to your remembrance at some point and it will all make sense but don't give no. up keep trying seeking knowledge seeking out people to help you seek mentors mm -hmm. um sponsors is a new idea that has come up um lately here getting people to mentor you and sponsor you if you have somewhere that you want to go but you can't let other people's biases or um yeah, you know, I used to think when I was in undergrad and in college, I literally would reflect on what was my roadblocks after finishing a semester. And um, there was always something that came up to derail me getting that, those perfect grades, you know, because life isn't perfect, right. right? You just have to be aware of that. And when it come up, you adjust yourself the best that you can. If you're injured, I have asthma, for example. And I would get sick. I'm probably one of the ones in the family who would just get so sick. I remember ambulances being called to take me to the emergency room because I, I would just get an attack in the middle of helping to wash dishes was one occasion. I was washing dishes and I ended up on the floor, can't breathe, and they had oh. to call the ambulance. So I was always getting sick. I would get yeah. a very bad flu, which is big here in the United States, not something we had in Jamaica. But every winter I would get hit, knocked down by the flu, ended up in the emergency room having to get a nebulizer treatment because I couldn't breathe. And so yeah. I would miss a few days of school or whatever other distractions, yeah. but you still have, I still got up and I kept going. It's you incredible. know, so life isn't, so life isn't perfect. Yeah. Whenever something comes and knocks you down, just mm -hmm. if you have to crawl, just keep moving every day that the sun shines and there's a new daylight is another opportunity for you to just reflect to see what do I learn from yesterday or the day before how do I become a better person from the one that I have and just be careful not to be so distracted by the Joneses or comparing yourself to other people because that's how as immigrants we get very lost in trying to live above our means and above our means outside of our means right? Because we're looking at other people who may have been here longer than we are, who have achieved more, and wanting the same level of wealth or riches or success to happen for us within a few months or years. But it takes time, it takes mm -hmm. effort. So be patient with yourself. And um, don't compare yourself to anybody else. Just run your own, run your own journey and learn what you, we're all here on our own journeys, right? Learn from your own life lessons and continue to reach out, collaborate, seek support from your community and just constantly look to improve and grow, right? And so um, I'm just speaking like very honestly from my very yeah. own journey of just Absolutely. getting sick, um, failing, not getting scholarship and constantly just keeping at it, yeah. right? And then yeah. what, is, what is yours is yours. And I really do believe that whether you believe in God or the universe, 
that there is good that is always surrounding you. Just open your eyes and just be open for that to really flow in your life, okay? So so uh, be encouraged, whoever is listening, don't give up. Just keep trying, right? Because there's always a rainbow. Mm, so beautiful. I'm really, really grateful for all this wisdom you're sharing. And um, I again, just your story really highlights for me, especially these details you're you're sharing about the struggle and the sacrifice it took, how by getting up again each time and continuing forward, that's when the signs came in. That's where the friend came in to tell you about this scholarship that changed your life, that you were able to apply for, you know, at the last minute to get sent in. Like that's where the languages interested you that brought you to this career that you're clearly meant to be doing. So it's just very exciting to hear an example of this. And I know a lot of people will be inspired by your story. So thank you for sharing all this expertise and wisdom. Um, and is there anything that you want to add that we didn't cover before we wrap up? Uh, I, I think I probably really shared from my heart and from my journey and um yeah you know just just don't get lost in uh this amazing place there's amazing i say there's acres of diamonds here in the united states remember <laughs> that there are acres of diamonds all around you but if you're not looking you will miss it Mm. so put in the work take the action and recognize they are acres of diamonds all around you go out put, do what you need to do take the risk you will get yours right don't be jealous of other people you never know somebody's journey what they right. had to go through to be where they are so put in your work do whatever you need to do for your specific journey and path and you will get yours and be encouraged. I love you all. And um, we'll be in touch online soon. Yes. Where can people connect with you and listen to your podcast? Uh, so I'm available anywhere you listen to podcasts, Audible, Google, Apple, Spotify. I'm on like really all the platforms. And um, I know people are accessing because we have people listening in over 41 countries. And wow. um, I'm really pleased to know that we were nominated to be number 15 on the list of 30 American culture podcasts within our first few months wow. of launching. Congratulations. And, uh, thank you. Thank you. And so I was afraid of doing this for so long because I thought I couldn't yeah. do it because of my, my job. But when I got cleared through ethics, I realized just how people find it very healing. This is what I've been hearing. Mm. People tell their stories. So check us out, The Immigrant Experience in America on all the places you listen to podcasts. We're excited to bring you some additional products here in the coming year. We're working out the details and uh, stay tuned and um, be encouraged. There's amazing stories. People are sharing their journeys of how they got to the United States, how they overcame their challenges, how did they get to their places of success and how they're continuing to trailblaze and add value to the American culture, marketplace, mm -hmm. and life. Thank you for being such a source of inspiration and light to bring these stories out. Um, and I hope that everyone gets to go follow the podcast and listen and add support. So really, really grateful for your time, Simone. Thanks for doing this. Thank you, Adina. It's been an honor and a pleasure being with you today. And uh, we'll be in touch, yes?
Absolutely. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you. Talk Have to a you great soon. Friday. You too.